Hello and welcome to another episode of Film Freaks with a Z, the podcast all about movies. Each episode is about a singular movie, and we'll get into this episode's movie in a little bit. But first, it's time for the fan vote. That's right. During Tay's episode, we have a list of four different movies on my Twitter account at YummyTheFerret. And you can vote all through the weekend of this episode's release. And you can decide our fate. This week, we got a new we got two new movies in here that haven't been on a vote yet. And they are Hourglass Sanatorium, which was suggested by David Lopan. Food Fight, which was recommended by Squid Daddy. Hard Boiled, which was recommended by Antaskew, and The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, which was recommended by Player 2. If any of those movies tickle your fancy, go on over to my Twitter, vote, decide our fate, and we'll talk about that movie after Callus's episode. All right, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I am the Life of Ferret, and I'm here with... Aqua Waffles. Maybe your son... Tay. And unpaid intern Callis. <laughs> well, uh... Well, you're doing it for credit, so... You know. Yeah. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Tay, we, uh, you know, we, we, you were a little bit sick here. Uh, how you feeling? Yeah, I'm a little bit better. Um, yeah, I unfortunately finally caught COVID. Oh, no. Yep, we traveled up to see family for Christmas and probably got it on the airplane. Um, so that's been my life since we got back. So right after Christmas, sounds like hell. Yeah, it has been. <laughs> it really sucks. Yeah. <clears throat> so well, if you you might hear me cough occasionally, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll 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 will skim through this episode real good and cut it all out. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. I doubt it will happen though. Well, we got some unfinished business because one of the members of the podcast wasn't here last time for the conversation about fantastic Mr. Fox. Who? Let me And that person was Callus, who was off on a date. (laughs) Oh, is that what was going on? Wait a second. (laughs) Callus is a dating man now. Not just Callus, but Callus. (laughs) Anyways, so yeah, you guys want to hear my thoughts on the fantastic Mr. Fox? Yes. Of course. I very much enjoyed it. It was uh, my first time watching it, and it was like such a such a joy to see like uh, a movie that's both the weird style of Wes Anderson that mixed with like the the weirdness of uh, stop animation. And I feel like with uh, you know with this type of animation, he just like really let loose and just allowed him to be as free as he could with like how quirky and weird he wanted to be and it really showed like it was really work quick it had like so many that movie had like so many so many good moments that um i would end up giving it a uh 4.5 out of 5 i forget what we all gave it last episode it's been a while since <laughs> we recorded that while, yeah <laughs> Was that around like at the same range i think so i, it was I think around... it was all five out of five sorry i think there was a few 4.5s I can't remember. I can't remember either. We're recording this before <laughs> that episode comes out too, so it's like, oh, can't even yeah. go back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
also, I just wanted to rethink, double think, uh, Topo, Topos for coming on the podcast last episode, filling in for Callus, um, because you know how it goes. We have a guest on and someone's not here. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, want, I will say what happened to his his suggestion for the fan vote. Why wasn't it added? Well, he was just on the podcast, so we got to give him a little bit, uh, okay. a little bit of I leeway here. <laughs> okay. It's usually every other, like if let's say someone's on the pod. I know he didn't suggest Fantastic Mr. Fair, but he was just on the podcast. So he'll be on the next vote after this one. Okay. All right, catch. Hmm. Well, okay. Now that's settled. Let's all take a trip under the sea. <laughs> or mostly on top of the sea, but. <laughs> on top of the sea. <laughs> Um, so my movie, obviously, we're here to discuss the life aquatic of Steve Zissou. Um, this movie had Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Kate Blanchett, Angela, Angelica Houston, William Defoe, Jeff Goldblum, uh, many more. Usually most of the Wes uh, Anderson uh, staples. And basically, um, with a plan to exact revenge on a mythical shark that killed his partner, oceanographer Steve Zissou, played by Bill Murray, rallies a crew that includes his estranged wife, a journalist, and a man who may or may not be his son. And I'd like to start the conversation. Actually, I have no idea where I want to start the conversation. This movie was definitely a trip. <laughs> Yeah, sure was. drum yeah. roll, please. Drum roll, please. I saw this movie, like I said, back roughly right when it came out, um, probably like in 2005. So it wasn't in theaters, but my friend had it, and that's how I saw it, you know, on DVD back in the day. And I remember liking it more <laughs> uh, the first time than this, like actually watching it now. I don't know why. <laughs> like what changed in my perception, but uh, I mean, how did you guys? Like, just the premise of this movie. What did you guys feel about that? It was, I, an, it was odd. <laughs> um, yeah. It took me quite some time to actually get into the movie, just because it was just, like, so... I, this, was, this was obviously out before Wes Anderson really finessed his <laughs> style, because there were, there were instances where I was like, oh, that's a really cool s- shot, where, like, Bill Murray is leading Ned through... The, the ship and it's like one continuous shot through like this cutout, you know, ship yeah, yeah, that's a really cool shot. It was really cool. And then there's other times where it's like, I have no clue what they're going for here. Like, I, I don't <laughs> understand what's going on. Right. I know yeah, there, yeah, was, like, there was times when um, like they would be talking about something and then just randomly just no like segue or anything. Just be start start talking about something else that just was just like, wait, what? <laughs> Like I said, you could like see some of Wes Anderson's style starting to oh, for blossom sure. because like I was thinking about the Grand Budapest Hotel. I was like, yeah, I can kind of see a little bit of that in here where, you know, like the concierge was like apologizing immediately after saying something harsh. And I was kind of yeah. getting that vibe here and there, but it wasn't as it wasn't as well done as it is later on in, in his movies. Agreed. Yeah, and I saw a lot of, like, aggressiveness for no reason in this movie. And I was just like, what's with all this aggressiveness? Like, everyone was yelling at each other for no reason, so it felt like. Yeah, and, like, that was kind of, like, 
some of like the conversations would just change mid like they'd be fine and then suddenly angry at each other but you're like wait where did this come from what yeah, is going on exactly like the beach scene where the guy's like what's this you know biatch doing this pregnant bitch and i was like what the like what <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like what <laughs> what is going on yeah i was a little bit off put by some of the um the f slurs that were kind of carelessly thrown out in the movie mm. um like the first one, I was like, "Oh, you know, whatever," and then just kind of kept going, and I was a little bit more off put by them as they went on. And then it finally kind of all came around to like, "Well, I am half gay or whatever." And then Bill yeah. Murray's like, "Well, everyone is." And I was like, "Okay," it kind of came around to being like, "Okay," but at the beginning, <laughs> it felt very—I um, wouldn't want to say homophobic, but it did feel a little bit weird with how they were throwing the word around. Well, that's the early two thousands for you. Yes, that's true. Uh, yep, still a little bit uncomfortable for sure. For sure. <laughs> And then there was also like the topless girl randomly throughout. Yeah. And I was like, what is this airplane? Like, <laughs> yeah, that was so odd. <laughs> yeah, that seemed a little. Again, 2004, <laughs> early 2000s, you know, most movies <laughs> like, oh, we just we got to have titties in there. It's yeah, like movie. for seemingly no reason. Yeah, for like no reason. There's... There's certain shots where she is close, and then a co- those couple shots where she's just completely topless, like, huh, makes no sense. But I mean, that's just <laughs> the that's just the sea life, I guess. <laughs> she was working on that water. Yeah. But yeah, I was, I was a little bit uncomfortable at the beginning of the movie, just through from all the stuff that was happening, and then I I, I didn't really get into the movie until probably the scene where they boarded where the pirates boarded the ship yeah like that was when i was like okay this is picking up now this is this is this <laughs> is getting fun um the first i would say the first half at least was was kind of a drag for me personally yeah. which i hate saying because i i really do love wes anderson but this one was a rough one for me i, I will say that yeah i think it's it was almost like self um aware like you know at the very beginning we we're getting this you see this movie documentary that they've put out and you know immediately it's like well everyone hated it and then it's like well no they just didn't get it and i feel like it was like calling itself out like everyone's gonna hate this but they just don't get it <laughs> oh that, that i never thought of that of that angle but that's a good point <laughs> so i don't yeah i don't know if that was the point or if just like yeah that's i mean that's how it started you know first the first documentary Everyone hated, which be the first half of the movie. Second documentary everyone loved, which is the second half of the movie. So <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional. It, that would be inc- incredibly be. self-aware if that was intentional. <laughs> no, like I said, knowing Wes Anderson, it might be. So. <laughs> there there yeah. was still some stuff that I liked at the beginning of the movie. I, I mean, hate yeah. is a very strong word because I don't, I don't feel like I don't feel hate towards it. I was just kind of like indifferent, I guess, for the first half of yeah. the movie. Because, um, you know, I don't know. It just, it, it was, like I said before, it was kind of like almost there to the Wes Anderson style that I know. And it was like, you can mm. see it, but it's just like, it's not there all the way. And then the second half of the movie was like, oh yeah, this is Wes Anderson all the way. Like <laughs> I, I, it's a very, it's a very stark contrast between the first half and the second half. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, like, it wasn't like I hated, you know, like, oh, this is so awful. It was just like, this is not a bad movie but it's not a good movie <laughs> it's like the very first half was just very middle of the road of like 
well, these are a series of events that I'm being shown. What does this have to do with anything? I like the idea, but yeah, a little slow. Yeah, I was definitely very interested in like the relationship between Sisu and um, Ned, and like these are like two very grown adults, and they're like they're trying to like fast track this father and son relationship, and it's just like I thought it was like funny how he's trying. they're trying, trying to give each other names, and uh, Steve was trying to like actually straight up change his entire name. <laughs> well, I think he did end up changing it, and yeah, then I think it's... <laughs> and then Steve like behind his back told everyone to call him the other name that he had for him, <laughs> Kingsley. <laughs> yeah, Kingsley. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he gave him the cards, was like Kingsley, and in parentheses Ned. <laughs> yeah. Um. I will say, what was I going to say? Never mind. I forgot. Oh, it'll come back to me. Well, yeah, I guess it's a good time since Kyle's brought up to talk about the relationship between Steve and Ned because um, <clears throat> I, I, you know, it, it was, um, I, I liked, I, I guess maybe I didn't like how Ned went out in this one. Um, kind of just, but then again, it's like, okay, it was his idea to, to go out there and try and chase down the, this this leopard shark or whatever it's called um but the whole relationship between the two characters was um i I actually enjoyed the kind of like chemistry that that they had um throughout most of the movie i felt like it kind of felt natural almost in a way yeah Yeah, they did yeah yeah i really did i mean there's times where like it some of the drama i think was played up Especially with um, Kate Blanchett's character, the reporter, um, where like he would starts getting mad at Ned for dating her, and it's like, dude, <laughs> you're you're old enough to be her dad. Also, you're married. Why would she want you? But... And it also seemed like uh, Klaus was starting to get jealous of you know their relationship, you know, between uh, oh, Steve and sure. Ned, it's like. <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> well, I mean, you see that kind of play out by the end is he accepts Ned. But yeah, he thought of, you know, Steve and the the guy who got killed by the shark as, you know, his dad's. Hmm. So, I mean, he, you know, he felt threatened that a another son had showed up <laughs> and was just yeah. getting everything <laughs> right from the get go. Like and Ned, Ned was also temper. paying copious amounts of money to to fund the export expedition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's insane how just he so all of a sudden decided to like throw all his all his money at the whole project. <laughs> I guess I mean, in the end, I mean, it doesn't sound, matter. Yeah, it was like he didn't. <laughs> I don't. I think it was you know. It's like I live fine, comfortably. I don't need this money my mom left me. So let me fund this. Yeah. Fund this. I'm gonna fund it. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, 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 you know, I think some of the stuff was played up for the camera. Like, I, I think I like, I like the kind of um, pseudo, uh, you know, look into like the filming of a documentary. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you get like them going over the reef to see the uh, crash site of the airplane or whatever it is. And like, you know, Steve's like, hold on, let's get a different angle on this and then say that yeah. line again. I liked I liked that look inside of like setting up these obviously fake documentary scenes, but setting up these scenes for an audience and 
And um, I, I like that look behind the scenes at something like this in, in a, com- a comedic way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if, if you've ever filmed a certain you know type of video like this for, like, say, your YouTube channel, <laughs> channel you've probably <laughs> done this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then you know, I know I have. They're so. constantly like, "Oh, we'll ADR over that." You know, we'll we'll, we'll do that in the booth. We'll... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the tunes, the tunes that that guy was making, but both the both the singer with the guitar and the guy with the keyboard. I mean, they were they were making some fat yeah. beats, you know. <laughs> I mean, the the guitarist mainly was just doing all David Bowie songs in Portuguese. Right. Well, yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> Which was cool. Yeah. So it's like when you sing, you can. You know, I don't speak Portuguese, but like you can tell what song he's playing and singing when the pirates yeah. start showing up, and you're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to too much of David Bowie, but like I, I recognize, like I was like, "Oh, it's that song." Yeah, yeah, I don't know a ton of David Bowie, but I know enough to that there were some of them. I was like, "Oh yeah, I know what this song is," <laughs> even if the words aren't are different, right? Yeah, yeah. from my perspective. That's the nice thing about David Bowie's music is it's it's very standoutish. You know when someone's playing a David Bowie song, no matter what language it is. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's ground control to Major Tom. Yeah, it's, that's the most famous one. That's for yeah. sure. Rock Band Four. No. Three. <laughs> oh, what? Rock Band Three. Okay. <laughs> Almost became a non-season gamer there for a second. Yeah, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Uh, would you guys say that uh, that our good friend? Uh, wow, I'm blanking. Jeff. Go- well, I mean, Jeff William Defoe. William Defoe and Jeff Goldblum kind of both stole the show for me in a, in a <laughs> bunch of different ways. I think obviously since William Defoe had more screen time, he was more of like a show stealer. But yeah. when Jeff Goldblum was on the camera, like he was eating, the, he was eating it up. I, I enjoyed what he was doing. Yeah. I do. I was actually a little surprised. Um, they both survived till the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like for a second, I was like, during the whole pirate scene, you know, see the graveyard out front with all the the hats from the from his ship, and you go, ah, oh, well, Jeff Goldblum died, and then you see him alive, and you're like, oh, he lived, and then he gets shot, and you're like, oh, he died, <laughs> and then he just, then he lives again, and you're like, oh, okay. That's the one of the things. Wasn't fatal. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the things I love about this movie is like there's so many like payoff scenes, like so many things that just you don't know they're going to get a payoff on it. But like it ends up like happening like um, like, for example, like near the beginning of the movie, Ned showed Steve like that letter that he had written when he was a kid. And in that letter, he answers questions, but you don't know what the questions are. And like near the end of the movie, Steve is just like, you know what? I kept the letter, too. And then, you know, they read the letter and they actually you can you can see what the question was. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just a really cool detail. Well, what about the revelation that like he actually knew about Ned from the very beginning, and then the yeah. other revelation that he only shoots blanks. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I I have a friend who supposedly only shot blanks, and he did, turns out he did not. It happens. Yeah. So it's like it still could be his son. I don't know why they didn't do a paternity test, but you know, well, they had whatever. to go out on a whirlwind adventure. Tay, you can't have time for that. Let's go on an adventure. They had, I went to... a, they had a lab on the ship. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it there. Well, I figured like they'd both be afraid to actually find the truth, so they just like you know, they just accept pretended. It. Yeah, they just accepted yeah. it. That's fair. That's a good point. 
Yeah, I think my favorite scene going back a little bit was the scene where Jeff Goldblum is like, I fold, and he just gets immediately shot. <laughs> it, that that had me laughing, and it was also like a little bit of a shock, too, because you're not expecting that, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. That was probably my favorite part. <laughs> that was a great part. Oh, uh, and when the, um, the the guy in the suit and tie, I forget what he was, he was like from a from the um, bank the, or whatever. Oh yeah, the stocks guy. Yeah, with, the with stocks the, guy. <laughs> when he's like trying to talk to um, the the guys in Swahili or whatever it is, and I enjoyed that part too, where Bill's like, "Oh, he's he's actually useful," and then <laughs> he's like, "Just have him take you since you speak their language." He's like, "He's like what?" <laughs> I don't even think that was Bill Murray's idea. He was just like, "They're taking me because I speak." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and and Bill was just like, "Okay, see." Yeah, Bill was just like, "Wow, that that's a that's the best stooge I've ever seen." <laughs> and then you see later, he's still part of the like the crew. At the end of the movie, when they're all running back to the boat, <laughs> did you guys stay for that part? Yeah, of course. Okay. Mm-hmm. I also like that you see the the one unpaid intern who took a machete to his shoulder. He is now an official member. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, he gets he actually gets a suit and everything. <laughs> Was that his uh, initiation? He's taking machete to his shoulder? <laughs> and, and then staying on the boat afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> if you can survive this machete, you're in. Yeah, I think he was originally going to leave. And I forget what he why he stayed in the end. He gave the reason. It was you know, after they all left, he Bill Murray comes downstairs and like finds him. He's like, Oh, you're staying? He's like, Yeah, I want to see this through <laughs> or something. Well, that that gets you brownie points too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I liked a lot of like the. Um, it almost looked like origami that was used in in the movie with the stop motion. Yeah. I I thought that a lot of those scenes were were pretty colorful, and I really liked that. And I also liked how they only used it when it was on un- when they were underwater. You know, there was no like surface creatures with with uh, the origami there was, look. There was one, the lizard that crawled on his hand. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. That was just such a fast scene, and like it, it had like almost no point to it. He just flicked it away, and then you never saw it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, it was like it was a blink, and you miss it. Kind of. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> you must have blinked. One of those scenes where it just you know just random, I guess. And it wasn't as colorful as the sea creatures. It was just kind of a orangish beige color. So here's here's my question. To all of you, and you can answer this whichever way you like. Does 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 Steve Zissou really care about the aquatic creatures? Um, I'd say somewhat. Uh, the way yeah, he was kind of at the at the end there, I want to say a little bit, maybe. I don't want to say he did. Like he, they talk about, like how he, you know, when he was younger, he had this gift with the animals. But then I think as he grew up, he grew a little more bitter and stopped caring a little bit. But by the end of the movie, he started caring again. I'm going to say he did, but like he kind of just played against it, you know, for the cameras. You know, maybe he was like pretending a little bit that he, you know, he really did want to just murder the shark because he ate his his father figure. Oh, he definitely wanted that, to murder the shark initially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I I agree with you guys. I think that he started out loving the job and then as it went on you know it was more of like a money thing and i do feel like in some way you know steve was the reason why the the, like the shark attacked the other guy 
And that's why he has such a big vendetta and also is like kind of falling out of loving the the job. And I think that he had a like he's because he says like, oh, I dropped the camera, lost the footage. Well, you know, did he really drop the camera or did he just delete the footage? Because he did something because he was being careless that caused someone to die. That was my thought throughout the first half of the movie, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I like I said, I mean, also could just be he was traumatized, you know, that his best friend just got torn in half in front of him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dropping the camera at that point definitely seems reasonable. What was the thing with like his uh like his eyes the how it had like swirls on it? That was like <laughs> kind of like mentioned it's so very sea madness. <laughs> yeah, the sea madness. Yeah, I didn't like quite the... understand what that was. <laughs> Well, he just, he went crazy for a little bit there. <laughs> because, you know, he witnessed his friend die. That was my takeaway. I don't know. I couldn't tell if it's like something that actually happened to him or something that they kind of played up for the cameras. Well, it kind of flashes back when he um goes berserk to save his boat. Like, you can see, like, the flash of his eyes when mm. they were crazy. So, maybe it's just something, maybe it's just a secret talent that he has. <laughs> <laughs> ocean okay. madness it's a thing <laughs> and since we're on this part of the movie I will say that the uh, action and choreography was not too well thought out like mm-hmm. way too many shots being fired from guns and people not dying from, from <laughs> and, yeah. and even though guns are like pointed directly at them you know <laughs> kind of reminded with me of when like Greedy and I were kids playing in the forest shooting fake guns <laughs> you didn't hit me yeah, when uh, Yummy would have a clear shot on me, I'd be like, you didn't hit me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he kind of did the same thing with the uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, like near the end when all the soldiers are like shooting each other, like no one's getting hit. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're also firing out of their doors, so a little bit harder <laughs> to hit each other, I suppose. <laughs> I just I find it a little bit more ridiculous in this one, especially yeah. with with the, how close everyone was yeah, together. The one scene that really stands out was like, well, Bill, when Bill Murray, like, is standing in the doorway and they start firing at him like they start firing and then they cut back to bill murray and you see him like move out of the way even though they already started firing it's like yeah. how did he not get hit <laughs> they they Maybe were able to hit uh... jeff goldblum and he's about as far away from them as as bill murray is from them <laughs> Maybe they well, that was to... with a pistol though which is as everyone knows way more accurate maybe they went to a clone trooper academy yeah Damn. Well, it was also the boss who I think shot Jeff Goldblum. The boss always has good aim. Yes. Greedy is, Greedy is about to make me black oh, out storm here. Stormtrooper. <laughs> How is you just find a giggly man lately? I'm sorry. Well, because it's that date he went on. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Happy man. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> He's a happy man. Is he a lucky man? <laughs> Here's what I want to talk about. Here's a here's a side <laughs> here's here's the side thing for the podcast. I'll save Callus. Stormtroopers Thanks. weren't actually inaccurate. They let yeah. the they let yeah. Luke and the princess go because they had the tracking beacon on the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. and they wanted to find the rebel base. They are pretty accurate in the rest of the movies. So that is a uh, a trope that is not true. Wow. I mean, Ben even says in the first one is like these blast points are too accurate for for sand people. 
and Ben knows what he's talking about. Ben he's seen does. some shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tangent over. Thanks. Back to Callus. Nope. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and Callus. So, uh... so, so what the did movie. you think of the ending? When, when spoilers, if you uh, you don't get spoilers, people, Ned dies. <laughs> what did you guys think of that? I never thought that I would be sad to see Owen Wilson in pain in a movie. Mm. <laughs> I just, I, I mostly felt bad because it's like he didn't deserve it. Like out of everyone in this movie, yeah. Ned was the one who did not deserve to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it should have been Steve. I'm about to say, would you rather have Steve die? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always funny when Bill Murray dies in a movie, <laughs> especially in um, <laughs> Zombie Zombieland. Land. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I mean, I, I would prefer that no one died, of course, yeah. of course. But yeah. I like Ned had like Ned dying. I guess that's a real good subversion of expectations, you know? Definitely. Yeah, I definitely heard it was uh, definitely a, a jab in the heart seeing Ned pass away. And that was, like so suddenly too, like you didn't even expect it. You thought he would pull through, but. Yeah. Right. Well, it's because like when you see the, you know, pull Ned out of the water, it, like it's his legs that look like they've been damaged. And it's like, well, you? if you nick an artery, as greedy waffles would know, that's true. Lay down. Nick an artery. <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of figured that the chopper was going to be someone's demise, or at least someone's like undoing, yeah. because of how they were treating it. I mean, it goes back to what Callis said about payoffs. Like that, that's that's the bad payoff, but it's still mm-hmm. a payoff. Yeah, because they've been the... talking about the entire movie, you know. It's the Chekhov's chopper. <clears throat> the first scene with it, Dana mentions, "Oh, this thing seems old and rusted and not going to fall or hold together." But they make it to wherever they flew to that first time, so yeah, you kind of don't think it's about it the next time they get into it, and then immediately as they lift off, like things are going wrong. <laughs> they got too cocky. That's right, too cocky in the cockpit. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Just trying to find that giant shark. And it seems, I mean, I know that the fish kind of signal where the shark is, but like with how far they had to go underwater with the yeah. uh, submarine, like how, why would they think that they could find it above water or like, right. you know, at the surface? Yeah, this kind of, I don't know. <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah, I thought of that as well. <laughs> I was like, why, why did you think you could see it? Sometimes sharks come up to the surface. Sure, you know? They do. Ever Sometimes. seen Jaws? <laughs> no, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone compares something to Jaws. What yeah. is? What even is Jaws? Like that James Bond villain? Yes. Oh, that oh, Jaws, yeah. Okay. I've seen Jaws 5, but I've never seen the original. Really? Oh, Jesus. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone's seen at least Jaws 3, right? Jaws 3D, like in... Uh... Or is it 4D and Back to the Future? Isn't it like 7, Jaws 7? No, that that was Jaws 7 in 4D. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Jaws 3 was in 3D, though. (laughs) Was it? I believe so, yes. I believe that was the marketing (laughs) thing, because it was 3D. Hmm. Now get ready for Jaws 10, real life. (laughs) They actually send you out on the boat. We're going to put you in the water with this mechanical shark that we control. Also, the shark breaks down a lot, and it may become sentient and kill you. <laughs> mm. We installed the AI into it of a hot anime girl, so we're it hoping some... that you'll be okay. But yeah, it might try to sleep with you. <laughs> it 
Pennywise. Also, it's got the brain of a dolphin. <laughs> well, that's that's even more dangerous. <laughs> I know. Now, like dolphins are notorious for like having sex with people. Yep, I know. So there you go. That's a dangerous combination, Tay. That's super smart too, and even Tay's more deadly. Be evil. <laughs> Going to be. <laughs> Already is. <No. laughs> Flash over to Tay in his secret lair. Oh, these sharks! These sharks are now more horny than ever. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't want to know what a shark penis looks like. Uh, no thanks. Yeah, no thanks. I bet Steve Zaso has seen a shark penis. Probably. I actually have not. I don't know what one looks. Like. If you know what it looks like, comment down below. Is it barbed? I feel like it'd be barbed. Barbed? What? Cat penises are barbed. Hey, you, you know <laughs> you know who would know what a shark penis looks like? Steve Zasso. Yeah, let's talk about Steve Zasso, please. <laughs> well, I figured we'd done our all our talking about Steve. Let's Steve. let's rate the fit of the uh, of the of the characters here. They got the blue turtleneck and then and the, the, uh, orange, the red cap. Or red cap. Uh, I, yeah. I actually like the red cap. You know, they keep making fun of it throughout the movie. I'm like, I like the red cap. I like how everyone's <laughs> red cap is kind of tied to their personality. You know. Yeah, the one guy has like a baseball cap, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> cap. <laughs> and the other guy's got you know the um, he's got like a, a little ball on the top. Yeah, yeah he got like the one's little, a little yeah, one's, one's a little like baggy. A, yeah, one's like a turban or what is it called? Uh, whatever. Yeah, whatever Pretty that much is. Pretty a turban, I think. Either um, way, I liked I the red hat, and they like constantly thought the movie was like, "What's with your dumb red hat?" I'm like, "Shut up, I like them." <laughs> Like the watermelon hat, <laughs> and like even when they're like wearing suits, they still just wear the hats. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a good look. I like it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've I've always I've seen that picture of like um of uh Defoe like you know bending over cap. by by <laughs> the waterfront with the cap on. I think Callus made a meme with it once. I did, and, yes. And I'm like, where is that from? Because that's that's a, that's a pretty cool fit. And I finally finally learned where it's from. Yep. Wait, so what's your first time watching uh, Life Aquatic? Yes, sir. I said that last oh. time, but you weren't here. <laughs> I wasn't here. <laughs> yeah. I would say, who else had seen this before? Just just me and Callus? I, this was, this was my second time watching it. Yeah, mine too. Okay. Yeah. Well, well Callus, uh, <laughs> Tay mentioned what he thought at the, be- at the first time he watched it and then the second time. How do you feel about the first time to the second time here? First time was actually, I think it was less than a year ago. <laughs> oh, so it was not wow. that long well, I'm ago. I'm surprised you rewatched <laughs> the movie. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Everyone, what's it? That was well, a round of applause. <laughs> oh. I didn't want to upset you guys again. <laughs> oh, here's the giggles again. Anyways. <laughs> well, was, there any, was there anything Was there anything that like was different for you on the second watch here? Not really. I feel like the second time watching it was... Um, I enjoyed it probably just as much as the first time. Uh, yeah, not, nothing different that I can think of. Excellent. Very good. <laughs> excellent. Yes, right. excellent. Speaking of opinions, ready to give our ratings? I sure one. am. Oh, nice start, huh? Okay. Um, so as we've obviously talked about here, um, the movie starts out very slow. Um, I definitely would say the first half of the movie, it's not a bad movie, but it's not a good movie. <laughs> and then it does pick up, especially when the pirates show up, and then you're like, okay, where's this going? 
Um, the music, you know, I thought was great. I do love, you know, it's still got that Wes Anderson charm where it's like got the claymation randomly throughout it and the, the symmetrical shots and the punches to the faces. Um, you know, again, it was one of his, I think, earlier movies as we talked about. And so didn't quite nail it um, out of the out of the box, I guess. And um, but I, overall, like the acting, I thought you know, it was good. Um, you know, they were really trying to be that, like, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Just like boring. They nailed boring. (laughs) (laughs) Like their characters were supposed to be kind of boring, especially at first because, and that was the whole point. Um, you know, they were good adventures and now he sucks and he's boring. Um, so I don't know. Overall, I still enjoy the movie. I don't know if I'd ever need to watch it again at this point. Um, I'd give it a 3.5 out of 5. All right. Cows. Cows. Okay. I'm sorry. You said 4.5? 3.5. 3.5. Okay. All right. Sorry. I was was just bringing up the thing to... uh, Just thinking about your date. (laughs) Yeah. Thinking about date. Probably messaging So life aquatic. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth transition. I... (laughs) Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I agree with you guys that the first half was a little bit slow, but um, I didn't mind it too much. Like I said, I really liked their relationship that, you know, right off the bat, the, they started to establish between Steve and Ned. And I really did also get to enjoy, like, meeting and get to know, like, the quirkiness of each of the characters. And, of course, like Amy, I really enjoyed William Dafoe's and Jeff Goldblum's characters. Uh, Bill Murray was also, like, fantastic in this movie and and uh the comedy was really good but also like very weird like a lot of things i was like gonna eh on and other times i was like i thought it was hilarious so overall i would have to give it a four out of five okay um so i was thinking about it because i've seen almost all of the wes anderson movies now and this was on the lower end for me, you know. I, 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 not, I it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but for me, like, I was, I, I was <laughs> hoping that while talking to you guys, I would be, you know, enlightened and maybe change my rating, but that didn't seem to happen. Um, so where it stands right now, <laughs> you know, oddly enough, I think I liked Rushmore better than this one, which Rushmore was also another one that I was kind of like indifferent about. Um, so. <sighs> Yeah, I think I'm gonna give it a three point five. It's just it's 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 better than average, but it's not above average. I I think I understand what he's going for now that we've talked through it. Like you know, uh, obviously the first half of the movie kind of feels more like the old Zuso, and the new part of the movie is like the 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 young Zuso, I guess you could say. But it's not compelling enough to make it interesting to watch again, you know, or or do a second watch. Like Grand Budapest Hotel, I could watch that any day. Fantastic Mr. Fox, any day. French Dispatch, any day. Isle of Dogs, any day. This movie probably probably a one and done for me. Man, yeah, I agree. Uh, kind of hit or miss. Um, I'm glad this wasn't the first uh, Wes Anderson movie uh, I watched because I would have been more like, eh, you know, who's this guy? This guy's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> and, and like, I'm glad like I have a better grasp of like his style, his artwork. Yeah, in I mean, the let's, way, let's not like he is weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. yeah, he is, and. <clears throat> 
like I'm, I'm what I'm trying to say is I I have a better understanding of yeah. like his style, the way he works, and the way his uh, uh motion claymation uh stuff works. And because I if I would have saw this first, I'd have been like, what the heck is going on here? Um, but that being said, uh, the aggression in the movie was kind of off putting at times too. It just seemed like unnecessarily aggressive. And then uh, the random scenes are just, you know, random at times. Um, definitely not his best movie. Um, I originally did have it at four, and I think I'm going to knock it down to 3.5 because it was just like an okay, you know, middle of the line kind of movie for me. Yeah, it's interesting going back to this one and seeing how much his style has evolved and how it's gotten so much better. Um, like we said during the podcast. So, like, some of those quirky things that maybe you scratch your head at here, you can go and, and look at, you know, one of his newer movies and be like, oh, okay. So, he's he's evolved his style to make that work better than it did before. Yeah. I mean, if you're just wanting to dip into Wes Anderson now, definitely don't start off with this one. Well, I mean, maybe it'd be a nice... I mean, obviously, I mean, I would say watch him in order just so you can see the evolution of his style. Sure, yeah. I'll probably say that too. You can start back in the day with, with Rushmore and, and go through. Yeah, but yeah, was Bottle this Rock, his first so one though? Bottle no, Rocket wow. no, Bottle Rocket is his first one. I'm just looking it up now. So he did a short at ninety four of Bottle Rocket and then redid it as a full length movie in ninety six, Rushmore ninety eight, Royal Tenenbaums in two thousand one, and then this one in two thousand four. Ah, so I gotta add the feature length bottle rocket to my list here. I have not seen that one. Okay. Cool. So I think it's a feature. Let me see. I mean, it's a uh, yep, hour thirty-one. Yeah, ninety-one minutes. So, because I've seen the short, I just I never saw the full length. So, okay. All right, start with bottle rocket and go forward then. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, before we introduce the next movie, which is chosen by Callus, let's. I just want to re-go over the, the fan vote here. If you want a, a, a vote in the fan vote, just head over to my Twitter, at Ferret. The movies are, once again, um, Hourglass Sanatorium, which is free on YouTube, nowhere else. <laughs> just <laughs> FYI. Uh, food Fight, Hard Boiled, and The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Callus, what do you got for us for the next episode? Well, I want to keep the Wes Anderson ball rolling and complete the quadrilogy. So I was trying to decide, do I go with an older or one of the, his more recent ones? But ultimately, I decided to go with the Royal Tenenbaums. All right. It is uh, my first Wes Anderson movie that I've seen and one that I've seen uh, maybe like two or three times in the past. But it's been a while now that I barely remember anything of it. But I do remember like really enjoying it and I would like to revisit it. So this movie came out in 2001, directed by Wes Anderson, of course. And it stars uh, Gene Hagman, Gwyneth Paltrow, Angelica Houston, Ben Stiller, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, Bill Berry, Danny Glover, <laughs> a bunch of other names, Alec Baldwin. Such a big cast. And the quick synopsis is, the eccentric members of a dysfunctional family reluctantly gather under the same roof for various reasons. All right. I think I've seen <laughs> parts of it. I don't think I've ever seen the whole thing. It's been a while since I've seen this one, so it'll be interesting <laughs> to revisit that. Well, it, like, this one even it, came so. out before Life Aquatics. So. Yeah. <laughs> and this one is on Hulu, so that's where you're going to have to watch it because it's only on available on disc on Amazon for some reason. 
Hmm. Well, that's what Life Aquatic for me. I had to watch on Hulu. Yeah, I watched on Hulu too. So. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention where to watch it. But yeah, glad it's on Hulu. And there's always, of course, YouTube. You can find all the money rent to YouTube and Google as well. So that's not too bad. All right. Well, if you, the listener, don't want to be spoiled for the Royal Tenenbaums from 2001. Uh, make sure you watch that before the next episode airs in two weeks. And in, we will reconvene and talk about that. And once again, don't forget to get your votes in on the weekend of this episode's release. So you can decide our fate on what movie to review after Callus's pick. Is there anything else anyone would like to say before we end the documentary? <laughs> uh, uh, be sure to clean your ass. Yeah, clean your ass. <laughs> Not right. <laughs> All right. Well, I am the life of ferret, and I'm here with uh, Aqua Waffles, maybe your son Tay, and unpaid intern Callis. And we are film freaks with a Z. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. Later. Bye bye. Adios. You know, it was actually probably your son Tay, but I I kept saying maybe. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aqua Waffles sounds. Wet and gross. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Who likes a waffles wet? Or you're the band Aqua Wa- Aqua, so you could be Aqua Waffles. You're part of the yeah. Aqua band. I can oh, so sing that. Uh, Aqua I'm a girl. Or you're a new a band called Aqua Waffles. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good band name. <laughs>